This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Earlier this week, when Facebook and Instagram went down for the better part of a day, plenty of social media addicts looking for a quick fix ventured on over to Twitter. And uh, they found many things there, but one thing they didn't find was former President Donald J. Trump, who has been banned from the platform since just after the January 6th U.S. Capitol riot. He's been banned from most of the major social platforms since all that went down, but Twitter was, of course, President Trump's social media network of choice. And while we don't necessarily miss him, it does still kind of feel weird not having him around for the last nine months. And I think I've said this before, but like it, it, having his Twitter account at least archived and live, but with not, without the ability to further tweet, yeah, would have actually been a good thing because it is a historical record of some just batshit takes. Some really good shit. Especially the stuff from like before he was in politics. Like going there's back to lot. like the early 2010s. Like, but get some bangers in there. There's a lot of things that even like supporters of it would be like, I never said that. And it's like, buddy, it's right there. There are archives yeah. around. But um, yeah, it would be cool if it was like, preserved on his You should have paused it. No, no further tweeting. Yeah. But anyways, at the time of his suspension, Trump was, of course, furious about the whole thing and even managed to get several other accounts associated with his campaign banned when he tried to use them to keep on tweeting after his own account got shut down. It was so funny. I have a genius plan that no one has ever thought of. Mm-hmm. Double jeopardy. <laughs> you can't ban the same president. <laughs> Plus, uh, yeah, in the same year leading up to his ban, Twitter had taken other steps to piss him off, like adding disclaimers to tweets where he told complete lies, essentially saying, the tweet is a lie, by the way. Yeah, the thing that the president just said, it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we're going to leave it up, but it's it's wrong. He didn't like that. So you'd think at this point, he'd want nothing to do with Twitter and would have just moved on to a more friendly platform like Getter or Parler, which would be more than happy to have him. Please, Mr. President. Mr. President, please. But no, not interested. Uh, instead, Trump's only real online mouthpiece is the uh, news tab of DonaldJTrump.com, where Trump posts what are essentially just tweets that he'd be posting on Twitter if he could, but he can't, so he does it here. Uh, most of them are just titled, Statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States of America, uh, followed by essentially a tweet. Uh, here's a recent example from the past week. The Democrat plan, if approved at any level, will push our country towards socialism. That's an entire post. Yeah. The 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 post itself almost shorter These are my than musings. The title. These are my musings. Yeah. And uh, I was needed to get that one out into the world. Needed yes. to share it. Now here's another one. If Democrats are able to piece together their huge tax hikes called by another name, it will mean an additional 40 Republican seats in the House and at least a few additional Republican senators in the US Senate. That's the whole post. Yeah. So yeah, basically tweets, but not on Twitter. And published in a way where you have to click on each individual post to read them. Very inconvenient all around, but uh, if he was smart, like uh, a lot of websites do, he would be uh, putting advertising all over, just like a slideshow. Like, you could put all these images on one page, but I know what you're doing. Yeah, it's uh, just one of the better parts about being on the internet these days is uh, every paragraph or so, just having a giant ad that you got to skip over. You love it. Uh, But yeah, to be fair, he has plenty of posts that are much longer statements than he may or may not have written himself. But the man, he clearly misses Twitter. Uh, And that's just, that's not our opinion. That's that's Donald Trump's opinion, too. He is literally suing to get his Twitter account back. This man is taking it to its extreme. Yeah, and if you're feeling a bit of deja vu, that's not even actually news. We covered it 
three months ago. Trump mm-hmm. is suing not only Twitter, but also Facebook and Google and the chief executives of each company in a class action lawsuit that not only seeks to have his and his fellow plaintiffs' accounts restored, but also seeks to somehow have a court declare that Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act is unconstitutional. Uh, yeah, the lawsuit was seen widely as just a complete joke with no chance of success and really just something that Trump could fundraise off of, and he certainly tried to and probably did. Mm-hmm. But it's still an active lawsuit, and Trump has now filed another lawsuit that's much more specific. All this one wants, all it's asking, is that the court will simply make Twitter give him his account back. Please. Uh, here's The Verge. Trump is seeking a preliminary injunction of Twitter's ban, according to the complaint filed in the Southern District of Florida late Friday. The former president argues that Twitter, coerced by members of the United States Congress, is censoring him, describing the social media platform as a major avenue of public discourse. Trump seeks to be temporarily reinstated on Twitter while he continues his efforts towards permanent reinstatement. Twitter exercises a degree of power and control over political discourse in this country that is immeasurable, historically unprecedented, and profoundly dangerous to open democratic debate. The complaint states, The former president used his at real Donald Trump account to announce policy and personnel decisions, often to the surprise of the agencies and people involved, to criticize political enemies and spread misinformation about election results. In the Friday filing, Trump argued that his Twitter account became an important source of news and information about government affairs and was a digital town hall where the former president posted his views. At the time of the ban, Trump had 88 million Twitter followers. Twitter also censored him during his presidency, Trump claims, by labeling some of his tweets as misleading information, which the platform said violated its rules against glorifying violence. Very unfair. Very unfair. Why aren't they doing this to Obama's tweets? He should have used this as a an escape to actually finally fucking retire and just disappear. Like, I've been off Twitter... I've, I've been back, like, twice. Once to thank someone for putting us in that music video and, like, one other time or something. But, like, it has taken such a weight off of my shoulders. And the constant fighting and screaming. I and love it. I, look, there, there are funny jokes to be made. And I, I see those now on Reddit or if you send them to me. So I get a good, like curated feed from you on uh-huh. like discord yeah. but uh yeah just the constant doom scrolling was really really fucking with me so i i'm happy and but trump should be too you're not trump trump loved that shit yeah i guess he he needs it it's taken something big away from his his heart and soul and, yeah like uh, uh it's very unfair yes uh like uh you know uh facebook feeding off of anger trump feeds off of attention yeah 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 and he needs that attention But a big part of this lawsuit and the reason that it was filed in Florida, like the other lawsuit, is that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a law against deplatforming back in May. That law was very quickly blocked by a federal judge for being likely unconstitutional. Uh, DeSantis has appealed, of course, but the law's chances are not looking too bright. But meanwhile, last month, Texas passed their own deplatforming law, which would make it illegal for social media platforms to ban users based on their political viewpoints. And while it hasn't been challenged yet, it also hasn't been cited yet either, which is odd. You would think at least someone in the entire state of Texas would have a case to bring at this point if this is such a widespread problem. Yeah, I mean... How has no one in the entire state of Texas been censored for their political beliefs on any social media website? I I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, we eagerly look forward to seeing our... Former president back at his old stomping grounds, pumping out banger tweets like the old days. Uh, but uh, you'll have to send them. I'm to back, me. bitch. Yeah. No thanks. I will uh, remain on the sidelines. 
just peering over the fence every once in a while to see the destruction that's happening. If he ever starts coming down with the, like if he gets COVID again somehow, it ends up. That was a year ago this week. Yeah. If Trump's ever like in the hospital, they should let him like, look, he's he's not, he might not make it. Let him, let him post. Yeah. One final tweet. Yeah, or are probably dozens yeah. of yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, no. Tweets. He has to start what he can, he can only have one final thread, but it can be as many tweets as possible. Yeah. If if Trump is looking like he's on death's door, give him his Twitter account back and just let him post. And don't even put the oh, this might be misleading. No, just let him post. Everyone will understand. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't like the man one bit, but it just seems wrong to, <laughs> to take deny, away the one thing he loves. Deny him the one thing that he loves. <laughs> this is cruel and unusual. He's punishment. not in power anymore. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> I mean that's that's hard to argue because of his uh, very loyal, very uh, unstable followers. Yeah, he did. It, the lawsuit does argue. It's uh, it says something like this ban is doing irreparable harm to the GOP's chances in the next two elections. Uh, What do you mean by that, buddy? There's also something else that's doing uh, actual irreparable harm to the GOP's chances right now that is uh, very easy to stop. Yeah, what's that? You just get the vaccine. But then Trump the, got it. Then he the, got it, and he said that he enjoyed it, yeah. that it worked, and that like and they booed him, and they booed him for it. Boo. Yeah, guys, I they got even it. tried to spin it as like it's and, the Trump vaccine, and it's not inaccurate to say yeah. that because he did do he Operation was, Warp Speed. He was the president when the vaccine was being developed. He 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 was he oversaw <laughs> getting those Pfizer and Moderna and J and J contracts to get those uh, shots over here while the rest of the world just sat around waiting. Yeah, the, and the, give the man some credit. And, well, as we've all seen in videos, like his followers will readily take credit for the development of the vaccine, yeah, but while still re- refusing it. Yeah, it's insane. It's, it's a, a lot of double think among those people. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, it, it would at the very least be entertaining to see him back on yeah, Twitter just for a little bit, maybe no. like weekends. Like, yeah, uh, it's like a divorce, and he had, like Twitter is, is is a kid. I mean, they do this like it's a uh, it's a very popular way to uh, transition prisoners back into society is to uh, you know the, you let them leave the prison to go like work work release yeah work release weekend yeah. release they should they should start letting uh, Trump on for like certain hours of the day. What's Baron up to? Uh, being like eight feet tall. Just, it, he keeps growing. I mean, he's still young. I, it feels like it's been longer than it has been since the Trump presidency. It was literally this year he's he grown was still president. Four feet since yes. Trump became president. He was just a little boy, and now he's he's going to be on the Dallas Mavericks before you know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Moving on now to something that we uh, we always do love to see: a company just completely imploding due to lies and mismanagement. This time it's a company called Aussie Media, which you've almost certainly never heard of, and that's just the thing. Aussie Media has spent years successfully pitching itself to investors as a hugely popular digital media brand. And looking at Aussie's website, you do get that sense. But that's just not really the case. Uh, The grift managed to work for a long time, though, until it didn't. Uh, (laughs) And a recent New York Times piece on Aussie was uh, likely the long overdue nail in the coffin. So let's read, and and just a content warning for all of you. Um, This is some pretty cringy stuff. Yeah, you're... Brace yourself. You might lock up. Dig into the couch. Yeah. All right. This past winter, Goldman Sachs was closing in on a $40 million investment in Aussie, a digital media company founded in 2013. And there seemed to be a lot of reasons to do the deal. 
Ozzy boasted of a large audience for its general interest website, its newsletters, and its videos, and the company had a charismatic chief executive, Carlos Watson, a one-time cable news anchor who had worked at Goldman Sachs early in his career. And crucially, Ozzy said it had a great relationship with YouTube, where many of its videos attracted more than a million views. That's what the Zoom video conference on February 2nd that Ozzy arranged between the Goldman Sachs Asset Management Division and YouTube was supposed to be about. Scheduled participants included Alex Piper, the head of unscripted programming for YouTube Originals. He was running late and apologized to the Goldman Sachs team, saying he'd had trouble logging into Zoom, and he suggested that the meeting be moved to a conference call, according to four people who were briefed on the meeting, all of whom spoke on the condition of anonymity to reveal details of a private discussion. It continues... Once everyone had made the switch to an old-fashioned conference call, the guests told the bankers what they had been wanting to hear. That Ozzy was a great success on YouTube, racking up significant views and ad dollars, and that Mr. Watson was as good a leader as he seemed to be. As he spoke, however, the man's voice began to sound strange to the Goldman Sachs team, as though it might have been digitally altered, the four people said. After the meeting, someone on the Goldman Sachs side reached out to Mr. Piper, not through the Gmail address that was provided to participants before the meeting, but through Mr. Piper's assistant at YouTube. And that's when things got weird. A confused Mr. Piper told the Goldman Sachs investor that he had never spoken with her before. Someone else, it seemed, had been playing the part of Mr. Piper on the call with Ozzy. When YouTube learned that someone had apparently impersonated one of their executives at a business meeting, its security team started an investigation, the company confirmed to me. The inquiry didn't get far before a name emerged. Within days, Mr. Watson had apologized profusely to Goldman Sachs, uh, saying the voice on the call belonged to Samir Rao, the co-founder and chief operating officer of Aussie, according to the four people. I got an idea. I wonder if that, like, it, it, it was probably always the plan to do the conference call, but I'd like to imagine that at one point they were going to use deep fake technology <laughs> and, like, we well, got this great filter. Of, You're going to look yeah, great. Yeah, of, of Alex Piper. Yeah. And then the, yeah, then the filter stopped working. You're like, uh, oh, geez. Well, we do have the voice deep fake, which I don't know. I don't know what the digital trickery they did with the voice was, but it sounds like something weird was going on there. Yeah, I, I don't know, but... Uh, yeah, I could imagine like the Goldman Sachs people just being like, "Why does it say snap camera on, your, on the video that's being sent over?" How here? come when you open your mouth, rainbows shoot out of your eyes? <laughs> that's weird. Oh my god, he turned into a unicorn. <laughs> so yeah, a top executive at Aussie Media pretended to be a YouTube executive in a conference call with investors to trick them into thinking that Aussie Media was a big deal, doing huge numbers. Um, pretty wild. So yeah. Carlos Watson, he apologized to Goldman Sachs, saying that Samir Rao had only done this elaborate stunt due to a mental health crisis. But that excuse kind of doesn't make any sense because Watson played along with it the whole time. So, oh, well, you know about the mental health with these these days and everyone when, has the mental health. When he has so. a mental health crisis, it's best to just... End of story. Best to play along, even if you may... Uh, end up breaking you know, various securities laws around uh, dis- deceiving investors. You just got to play along with it. Well, tell them that you have mental health issues. They can't say anything because yeah. th- th- then that would be offensive. That would be. Yes. Uh, but what's even crazier, though, is that over the last eight years, Aussie Media has apparently been able to raise more than $83 million in investments from a huge roster of big-name investors. And as of last year, uh, it valued itself at $159 million, despite really just not doing a whole lot. I mean, they've made newsletters and podcasts. They have a lot of live action video content. But the dollar amounts make absolutely no sense considering barely anyone was actually consuming any of this content. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in 2019, Ozzy claimed in a press release to have 50 million unique monthly users, which is a lot. 
but it's also bullshit. Uh, from the Times article, Ozzy doesn't rely on standard measurements of traffic. <laughs> we do but, things a little different. <laughs> but the best-known service, Comscore, shows nothing close to the company's public claims. According to Comscore, Ozzy reached nearly 2.5 million people during some months in 2018, but only 230,000 people in June 2021 and 479,000 in July. Mr. Watson called the Comscore numbers incomplete, noting they don't include impressions on platforms ranging from social media to television and podcasts. Other figures seem off, but are harder to verify. Ozzy told Axios in January that the company's newsletter had more than 20 million subscribers. By comparison, The Morning Brew, a successful newsletter-based business media company, says it has 3 million subscribers. Wow, they're doing so good. Uh, Ozzy was also caught back in 2017 buying the type of fake web traffic where their content would pop up way down at the bottom of a web page where a, a user wouldn't even see it. Uh, and this, this is a standard standard tactic. Yeah. Uh, even for legitimate companies. Yeah, it's will real put, shady. Yeah, they'll put uh, videos that have no business being on, that have nothing related to the article that you're reading. And you're like, okay, why is this playing? Anyways, mute, uh, scroll down. But a lot of times, uh, they'll be like... They'll It'll be, be like a miniature on the a side. A miniature at the very bottom that's yeah. like muted. Like you wouldn't even know it's there unless yeah. you scrolled all the way to the bottom. Yeah. It's very shady. And those numbers, like even at its best, I mean, we do think, 2 million. Look, there was like a Twitch streamer that we talked about years ago who the, got caught doing, doing this. Buying where, up the ad space yeah, on Yeah, where like their, their streams their... were just getting crazy numbers even though there was like five chatters Well, I in think there. that was like, that was like a... It was the tactic of a service that Twitch users were paying for to get yeah. more active viewers. Yeah. And so that service was putting, buying up ad space for like pennies. Yeah. And putting that, anyways, that's how that scam worked. But like, that's the thing is like, I think like last month we did like just under 2 million views. So where's my $180 million? Yeah, that's the thing. These guys, they, uh, it's all about who you know. Yeah. It's all about who you rub shoulders with at these fucking dinners. And apparently you can just tell them you're doing great and they won't do even the bare minimum. Yeah, I need to, be, I need to get in on this. Yeah, they're not going to check fucking Comscore, which is like right there. I think, I, I mean, I think you have to have like a, a paid account that's like $10, $20 a month. But like <laughs> literally, like they could have just fact checked any of these companies' claims. They could have gone to Social Blade. At any point. Well, yeah. <laughs> they quote Social Blade in this article too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, the deception does not end there. Uh, other lies include uh, billboards for the Carlos Watson show, calling it Amazon Prime's first talk show, <laughs> which Amazon asked them to take down because Ozzy was simply uploading their content to Amazon Prime through Video Direct, which anyone can upload content to. It's like this YouTube feature in Prime that... Kinda, we could be on Prime? Yeah, if we wanted to. I mean, there'd be barely any point to it, but yeah. Do they monetize? I don't know. Bezos probably makes some money, but not us. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, they also marketed the Carlos Watson show as the fastest growing talk show in YouTube history, which <laughs> seems to not be based on any actual metrics, including the, the view counts. Yeah. Uh, the article, it also quotes someone from analytics firm Social Blade saying that the view counts and number of comments on Ozzy's YouTube page are a little odd. And yes, if you look at their YouTube feed, it is pretty odd. There's a few videos with views in the tens of thousands sprinkled around, but there's almost no comments on those ones. And the rest range from view counts in the hundreds down to just single digits. I saw one that had seven views. Well, eight now. I didn't click on it. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, it's going to remain there. Yeah. Uh, anyways, within less than a week of that Times article being published, Aussie sponsors and board members fled like rats on a sinking ship, all of them seeming to finally realize what a grift the whole thing had always been. Aussie Media announced that it was shutting down, but then a few days later, Carlos Watson announced on the Today Show that Aussie would be opening for business again, saying, this is our Lazarus moment. <laughs> 
Uh, might be a little difficult now that the money's finally dried up, but uh, hey, good luck with that. Oh, they're also being sued for fraud by one of their former <laughs> investors. So yeah, and and probably more more of that on the way if if they did in fact misre- misrepresent themselves to more companies. Which you don't you don't just you don't start at impersonating a YouTube executive. Mm-hmm. That's that's sort of the culmination of years of small lies that just sort of snowball out of control until you see that sort of deception as just like something, yeah, I could probably do that. I mean, th- this guy claims to have like worked for Goldman Sachs at one point too. So it's like, you you got to understand like very clearly as portrayed in this article, a lot of these people are fucking idiots. Yeah. And they just want to hear what they want to hear. But like a big part of it is, yeah, like the, the people who founded this, like they run in the same circles as all these people and they just all, they just all assume. There's all as much as handshaking. Yeah, and, they're like, all right, sounds great, Carlos. How's the old media company doing? Great. It's great. All the right. numbers are up. You guys need money? All right. Yeah. This is essentially a write-off for this business. I'll be so. damned if the government takes any of this shit out of my pocket. But I'd, rather, I'd rather just burn it. Yeah. I'd rather just shovel it into a fucking furnace. <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking wild. Yeah. Anyways. And uh, in case you're wondering, the name uh, Ozzy is short for Ozymandias. And the description on their website of how they chose that name, it's, it's really something. We were founded on the belief that more is possible and a determination to question assumptions about how the world operates and what lies ahead. And we built those convictions into our name, which comes from Ozymandias, from Percy Bysshe Shelley. The poem is commonly read as a warning against outsized egos and the impermanence of power, but we choose to read it differently. To us, it's a call to think big while remaining humble. Admittedly, ours is an unconventional interpretation because that's who we are. In a world littered with conformity, we like to see things differently. They are literally the poster from Fargo with the fish going the other way. Anyway, speaking of grifts and scams, Aussie Media, they may have tricked a bunch of high-profile investors into giving them money under false pretenses, but that's nothing compared to the types of grifts and scams that you see in the world of cryptocurrency, where it's usually just someone taking the money and ghosting everyone. And that's what happened recently with an NFT project called Evolved Apes, which, like all other popular NFT collections these days, revolves around Elliot's words, hideous. Poorly drawn animals that look like dog shit. Would you disagree? You think this is good art? Some of them are terrible. Some of them are, like, unique enough. It's like, look, I don't get it. And you I, just again, don't want to offend your friends that are uh, blowing crazy amounts of money on I, I don't think they fine. appreciate the art either. But, like... That's fine. Call it and like they're it. your friends, too. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not afraid of upsetting <laughs> them by telling them that the art they're, they're spending money on looks like trash. Yeah, I don't think looks, they're in it for the art looks at this really, point. <laughs> I know it's all it's all about the money. I I'm just tired of pretending that this is the future of art when it looks like dog shit. It looks like you should be so, thanking all these bad art projects because they're showing how everyone is just in this for the money and not for the actual art. I mean that's fine, <laughs> whatever. At least with this Solana coin, like it's not burning up nearly as much as yeah, the fucking so rainforest. That's, yeah, exactly. I'm like that's fine, whatever. Go play with your fucking b- fake baseball cards and your <laughs> fake money. As long as you're not ruining the earth as much as they yeah, were like yeah, six months ago. Yeah. There you ago. go. Whatever. But anyway, let's read from Vice. Evolved Apes is described on NFT marketplace OpenSea as a collection of 10,000 unique NFTs trapped inside a lawless land. They are fighting for survival. Only the strongest ape will prevail, it says, referring to the project's much-hyped fighting game, which has not materialized. A week after the project launched, the anonymous developer known as Evil Ape, who promised that game, vanished along with the project's official Twitter account and website. But they left traces behind on the blockchain that shows they siphoned 798 Ether, 
$2.7 million out of the project's funds in multiple transfers. The funds, derived from the initial public sale of NFTs and commissions on the secondary market, were meant for project-related expenses like marketing. So basically, the NFTs are still out there being bought and sold, but Evolved Apes was supposed to also be a video game, which thousands of people invested in before Evil Ape ghosted them with their money. Artists hired to contribute artwork weren't paid, and investors who supposedly won NFT prizes never received them. A member of the Evolved Apes community who investigated what was going on wrote in a report to other members, What has happened is that Evil Ape has washed his hands of the project, taking away the wallet with all the ETH from minting that was to be used for everything, from paying the artist, paying out cash giveaways, paying for marketing, paying for rarity tools, developing the game, and everything else in between. They took the money and run. Hey guys, you like it's a, that was the real art all along, just yeah. like everything else. Yeah, just like the real art world. It's just funny how easy it is. It's like, hey, we're we're doing this, guys. I know you saw the fucking you saw the pigs and the dogs and the, the lions. The lions. Yeah. Well, this Abe project is going to be so much bigger. Give me the money, you're going to be rich. And people are like, okay, yeah. All right, well, see ya. Inter- Internet loves monkey, so. Why they wouldn't do. this be successful? They do. Yeah. Uh, but again, the NFTs, they're still out there. They still look like shit. And the community <laughs> has uh, apparently decided to forge on with a new NFT project called Fight Back Apes. But uh, meanwhile, due to the way that NFTs work, Evil Ape still makes 4% royalties off of each sale. Genius. But uh, the community is apparently trying to get OpenSea to change that somehow. And they if, should redirect it to the if, actual artist. If that's even possible. Yeah. But I don't think it is. Like, that's the whole thing with the blockchain. Yeah, like, there it is. Uh, anyway, uh, this is just the latest example of how easy it is to get scammed or do your own scams in the NFT marketplace, mm-hmm. but it certainly won't be the last. And uh, speaking of animal-themed NFT collections that are selling like crazy, despite looking like some low-effort garbage from DeviantArt or one of those profile pic avatar creators, uh, Lindsay Lohan has apparently entered the NFT game. Oh. Uh, she's partnered with the Canine Cartel NFT project on uh, what can only be described as an NFT of her fursona. And in addition to looking like dog shit, it also apparently really upset the furry community who also think it looks like dog shit. So it's not just us. Yeah. The furries themselves are upset. Furries are upset. Uh, anyway, someone bought this thing for $4,500. Yeah, and with this one, like, actually, Canine Cartel, out of all the, uh, like, animal-themed, like, trading card NFTs, like, this one, the art, I'm like, it's kind of good. I still... I still find it tacky that it's literally just a bunch of Photoshop layers being swapped around. But this one, the actual art style, I'm like, it's fine. But for some reason, the Lindsay Lohan uh, limited edition one was done by a completely different artist. And it, lo- it looks bad. No, I have a friend that'll do it. Yeah, it looks it looks really bad. It, yeah. it like actually looks like DeviantArt crap. It, but that's the thing with these. It's like as you compare it to like trading cards, like you look at like baseball cards and it's like there's seven different versions of the same card. And it's like, but this one has a green border. Yeah. Or this one has a blue border. Yeah. Or this one has a little bit of a rainbow foil on it. And it's like, my stars. That one is worth 10 times as much. And that's what it's like with these uh, NFT apes, yeah. lions, and all that. It's like one little like Photoshop layer is switched. And it's like, oh, well, he has a gold necklace now. Yeah, this one's ra- more he's rare. He's got the Bitcoin earrings. Yeah. So that's like only one out of like every 3,000 has the Bitcoin earrings. So pretty rare. Yeah. I um, I don't know this this whole I'm I'm actually very curious to see how all these collections turn out because like they each each of them has like ten thousand fucking cards in it like I just I the whole idea of scarcity seems kind of kind of meaningless especially with all these different collections happening so quickly it's like at a certain point like is there going to be a marketplace for this 
I, I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. But I, I I am wondering is the canine cartel, is that pound puppies all grown up? <laughs> I didn't even think of that, but uh mm. these are these are tough puppies. They uh they don't take any shit. Hey, you know who looks like a dog? <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> oh, hey Lindsay. Lindsay. We got this project we're working on. Oh man. She how far her star has I wonder gone. how the Stanley Nichols doing. I haven't checked in on it. Uh, Stanley has run off with the money to uh, Barbados. Yeah, he's at Sandals Resort. Yeah. Yeah. These fucking idiots. <laughs> Stupid. Made more off this Stanley Nickel than I made <laughs> off a year's worth of cameos. Anyways, another crypto news. A crypto company called Compound, which is a decentralized finance platform, basically the crypto world's version of a bank, sort of, uh, they recently pulled the opposite of a scam. They accidentally gave a shitload of money to their users without any way to get it back, except for asking very nicely. You love to see it. Here's Gizmodo. If someone accidentally deposited millions of dollars into your bank account, what are the chances you would return it? What if the person that sent it to you asked really nicely? This is the predicament that users of the popular decentralized finance, DeFi, staking protocol Compound are currently faced with. In recent days, the platform accidentally deposited arbitrary amounts of crypto into the accounts of some users. The total payout, which was delivered via a bug in a company update, now stands at approximately $89 million. As a result, the platform's CEO and founder, Robert Leshner, is begging for the money back. Leshner took to Twitter on Thursday to plead with users to return the mistakenly distributed millions, even suggesting that those who returned the funds could keep 10% as a reward for doing the right thing. If users don't return the money, Leshner threatened, it would be reported as income to the IRS and most of you are doxxed. Yeah, the CEO ended up walking back his doxing threats because it, it was a bad look. Especially in the crypto community. Yeah, and miraculously, at least a few users have returned the free money despite being under no obligation, legal or otherwise, to do so. Suckers. And Compound isn't even the first company to accidentally deposit millions of dollars into random users' accounts. Uh, earlier this year, the company BlockFi accidentally gave away $20 million in Bitcoin. And another company called Alchemex gave away $4.8 million in Ethereum. The future of money, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, look, maybe I'm just being uh, putting my conspiracy tinfoil hat on, but uh, what if the accidental oopsie mistake giveaways went to people that they knew? And it could be uh, easily brushed under the rug by saying, we had a bug in our update and all these random people got like $80 million spread across hundreds of accounts. There's no way. How would anyone know? Even if 95 of those accounts out of 100 uh, were actually random people, but five were very specific people. uh, Whoops. Yeah, that's a very good point. How would you be able to prove it? I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying it's a pretty decent cover for if you wanted to divert funds uh, unethically, it would be. Yeah, yeah, if I was running uh, one of these decentralized finance places, like, oh no, uh, oh, oh no, fingers. All my, all the money just went to all my friends, and they can't give it back. They're not even legally required to give it back. So and I guess you it's can't just prove now. that I know them. Anyway, please. Oh, or like you, they that that's what happens, and the few people that actually gave the money back were, you know. Look, this is all hypothetical, but then they get that 10% reward, which could be $100,000 in some scenarios, or a million dollars. Yeah. It Not is. a million, it's 80 million total, but like... It's all very interesting. Uh, th- things like this prove that the whole, uh, you know, banking, a lot of problems with it. Yeah. But definitely a lot of uh, advantages to it as well. Yeah, I'm not shitting on crypto. Like, I, crypto is whatever. I think it's fine for the most part outside of like, you know, the bad effects that it has on the environment. But like, look, 
I think it's great people are having like people are finding financial success with their uh, crypto I, I'm stuff. I'm happy for everyone who is uh, succeeding. I'm laughing at everyone who's failing. It's just for me. I'm. It's too risky. Yeah, no. It's I'm, like gambling. At least with gambling, I get to throw the dice. I mean, look, every every couple of weeks, I'll, I'll you know I'll throw some money at Bitcoin and Ethereum. It's like pocket change, basically. Yeah, you know Venmo has it now. Yeah, it's everywhere. So if I get like, that's the only thing I've been doing is like, if a friend says me like fifteen bucks for like parking or something like that, like we went somewhere and I was like, I'll pay for parking or duh. yeah, the, and I'll just be like, oh well, fifteen bucks, I just buy the Bitcoin. Like with. the way I see it is, is like it's stupid and it's a scam, but also I'd hate to be left. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be the only one that's yeah, not doing. I'd hate it. to be left, uh, you know, out to dry while everyone else. Uh, is out near yachts, so yeah, all I'm of my friends my... skipping around a meadow, like shitting rainbows and I'm happy with their lazy best. lions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, we got a little bit more news. I can't say I'm not jealous. That. Yeah, I mean, yeah. money's money's a lot of fun. <laughs> Financial of, freedom would be wonderful. You can do a lot of stuff with money. That yeah, you, you can't do. They say money. money can't buy happiness, but money can buy a jet ski. Yeah, and I'd be pretty happy on a jet ski. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> Anyway, we got more news uh, coming up for you, but first, this episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Your style isn't one size fits all. It's about what suits your body and what suits the moment. So why not shop at a store that's personalized to your body and style? Introducing Stitch Fix Freestyle, a shop built just for you. Stitch Fix Freestyle is your trusted style destination where you can discover and instantly buy curated items based on your style, likes, and lifestyle. Whether you're looking for a brand you love or to try something new, at Stitch Fix Freestyle, you can shop hundreds of brands personalized to your size and fit. With styles for workouts, to work wear, for lounging around the house, or a night out on the town, Stitch Fix Freestyle has clothes for any occasion. Plus, there's no subscription required, and they offer free shippings, returns, and exchanges. Uh, get started today by filling out your style quiz at stitchfix.com newsday. That is stitchfix.com newsday to try Stitch Fix Freestyle. stitchfix.com newsday. Back to the news now with what's probably actually the biggest yeah. real news of the week. Uh, the Pandora Papers, uh, similarly to the Panama Papers from a few years back, they are a huge trove of leaked documents which reveal the insane degree to which the rich and powerful throughout the world are hiding their money to avoid taxes. The International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, or the ICIJ, they're behind both the Panama Papers and these new Pandora Papers. And this latest investigation involved the work of more than 140 media organizations and more than 600 journalists in 117 countries. Which makes sense because it's 2.94 terabytes of data that these journalists had to sort through. Yeah, and when you think terabytes, you're like, you immediately think of like media files. Yeah, these are this text. Is documents. <laughs> yeah, just this is documents. like, imagine t three terabytes of email. Yeah. that's it's, it's insane. And probably most of it just not even, you know, you're sorting through a bunch of nothing. nonsense, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard to really sum up the findings or even quote from any of the media outlets covering it without having to go on for hours and hours. But basically, a ton of rich people, including at least 330 politicians from 90 countries, have been using offshore companies to hide their wealth, often by purchasing real estate. Huh? Maybe that's why there's a huge fucking problem in a lot of big cities uh, around the world. Yeah, it is interesting. Sydney, Los Angeles. London, New York, Miami, ah! Uh. Anyways, because of the way offshore companies work, governments aren't aware of the money and investments and they don't tax these people accordingly, like they would for you or I. And uh, often this kind of thing isn't even illegal, it's just frowned upon and seemed, seen as unethical. And what these leaks show is that the reason governments don't take this issue seriously is that politicians are among those who benefit from it. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a little catch-22. You know who else was tied up in this? Shakira. The one who was just attacked by those wild boars. What did the boars know? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Or or did Shakira make up the wild boar story? So she would trend differently, yeah. She had a billion dollars of offshore wealth in that bag that the boars stole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, they stole all my bitcoins. They were all in that bag. Yeah. All of my uh, physical bitcoin wallets were in there. You know how many USB drives were in that bag that the boars stole? Big if true. Well, someone in Spain, I think it was, is probably hunting, hunting around for boars right now, going to slice their yeah. guts open and get all those Bitcoin There's wallets. There's a QR code in one of those boars' stomachs that we really need right now. You know how many lazy lions those boars ate? <laughs> You're not going to believe it. And Elton John was in it, too. Yeah. I and mean, then a bunch of huge government officials. Yeah, it's, it seems like in the UK, especially, like... The Queen was in, like, the Queen's wealth. Yeah, the whole the whole royal family, uh, Tony Blair... Yeah. Like, yeah, for some reason in the U- in the UK, it seems like it's really easy for the rich people there to get away with this. I believe it was, uh, like, I don't know if it was the president or someone very high up in Kenya. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jordan. Yeah. All throughout, uh, like, Africa and the Middle East. Like, yeah. I, people using shell companies to buy, like, $500 million yeah. mansions in Malibu. In, yeah. And, like, entire condominium buildings in Sydney Harbor. Like, this kind of shit. Yeah. And then just, like, leaving them dormant. Because they are literally just... It, physically existing banks. Yeah. Because like, oh, there's there's the money that you can't tax. Exactly. Anyway, and, it's, and by the way, it's sitting there rising in value because I have taken away the real estate options around it yeah. because I've I, bought that I've much. created scarcity. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's all very fucked up and frustrating. And the source and of... Uh, the nothing's direct, probably going to happen. The direct source of much frustration for my wife and myself. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what's interesting about these leaks is it doesn't seem like a whole lot of people from the U.S. are caught up in it, because we actually, I think we have pretty good laws preventing this. Well, what but, the, yeah. but it does show that the U.S. itself has become kind of an offshore tax shelter for people in other parts of the world due to our relatively low taxes, but especially states like Nevada and South Dakota, which also offer a very high level of financial secrecy. Yeah, they're calling South Dakota like the new Cayman Islands. Yeah, you can start a company there that is just completely off the books. Yeah. No one can find it. No That's one what, knows about in it. In one of the articles I read about it, it was just like there wasn't a lot of people from the U.S. caught up in this because the U.S. already has some of the lowest tax rate for people with wealth yeah. in the entire modern world. But the U.S. now seems to have gotten into at least facilitating everyone else's corruption. Like, well... You can make some money off that. My billion-dollar company is a mailbox in South Dakota. Yeah. Um, King Abdullah of Jordan, in particular, seems to really like hiding his money in U.S. real estate with more than $100 million of property in California and D.C. held by his secret offshore companies. Yeah, and there's a lot to these Pandora Papers, uh, and media outlets are going to be trickling out more and more information from them for a while. But, yeah, this is a big deal. Um, There was, like, there's a, a firm from I think Singapore or something like that called like Asia City yeah. that is that goes around and, and just buys up property That's their using big, the money from that other people are giving their them. Only, their only job. And it's also like the Asia City firm I think is owned by a guy who doesn't live in Singapore. He's an Australian guy. It's like a secret company. There's, there's some, some guy is part of it and he's literally calls himself the second richest man in China because he doesn't want to be the first richest guy in China because that draws too much attention. Yeah, those guys end up dying. One of the best (laughs) things that you can watch for this, and it is uh, very specific to Australia, um, is um, 
The Australian Broadcasting Company did an hour-long documentary about this. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, some of their B-roll choices are really annoying. They did yeah, this stylistic yeah, the, the thing. parallels. That, yeah, I like, was like, we're living in a parallel world. Right, and stop it's like, it, stop it. Yeah, all their yeah. B-roll is like mirrored. It's very good to just <laughs> listen to. Yeah. You don't really need to look at what's going on yeah. because they're, it's just paperwork for the most part. Yeah. So it is really interesting to listen to. And they do good. They do a very good breakdown. Like, if you just want to do the first 10 minutes of it, you will get the gist of what's going on here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're talking about trillions of dollars being stashed away, with potentially a lot of it here in the U.S., where even the existence of an offshore shell company can be kept completely secret. Uh, hopefully, some change comes out of this. <laughs> but uh, everyone felt the same way about the Panama Papers, and yet here we are again. So what's going to happen? Nothing really. Uh, if someone that who works in a country with actual shame, they will step down, like what happened in Iceland, I believe. That was the only public figure uh, and then, to step down. And then there will be like a sacrificial journalist who uh, gets car bombed or something. Yeah, that's, that's what happened last time. And uh, then uh, pretty much nothing after that. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? Go fight amongst yourselves while we, uh, and while it's we like, sit here with our just our money, just not to, doing shit. To explain, instead of like hiding money in these ways, all of this money could actually be used to help people yeah. in the countries where this money is being generated. Yeah. Uh, talking about false scarcity, there's a false scarcity of money. Literally, people are hoarding is, trillions of <laughs> dollars. money being hoarded just because these people don't want to part with it. They're not fucking using half this shit. They're just letting it sit there so it can grow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it's upsetting. But speaking of super rich people, Jeff Bezos is apparently sending Captain Kirk into space. And no, we're not talking about Chris Pine. Although I'm sure he'd like to go. He's got time. Yes. Blue Origin is planning on shooting 90-year-old actor William Shatner into space. Or, or at least Blue Origin's definition of space, which uh. is really not the definition that most scientists would agree with. I let him slide. It's still cool. Uh, he will be weightless for a couple minutes, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully he looks out the, the window instead of, like, tossing Skittles to other people inside. Yeah. Look out the window. What are you doing, Jeff? No, they're going to give him, like, some kind of replica uh, of the bridge in Star Trek. There? Yeah. There's the Enterprise. Look, it's floating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, oh, also this is happening next week. Oh, get, get great. Get to space, sir. Yeah. Beam me up. Uh, William Shatner will be the oldest person ever launched into space, which <laughs> is a record previously held by Wally Funk, an actual... Astronaut who Jeff Bezos launched into space back in July. Uh, sorry, Wally. Step aside. <laughs> yeah. Hope you had fun during like the two months when you were the oldest person in space. I hope that everything works out fine. Yeah, and uh, Wally Funk for that age, good shape. William Shatner, not exactly the picture of health. He still looks way better than ninety. Yes. No, I I wouldn't believe it if you told me he was ninety without yeah. actually knowing how old he was. Yeah. Um, he is ageless. He is. He's still out there working, the History Channel. That's right. He's all about it. So, there you go. But speaking of Blue Origin, uh, it's apparently a terrible company to work for. Are you surprised? And that's according to 21 current and former employees who published an open letter last week titled, Bezos wants to create a better future in space. His company, Blue Origin, is stuck in a toxic past. And while it's not quite as bad as the allegations that recently came out about Activision Blizzard, uh, it's not good. Sounds like Blue Origin has a bit of a sexism problem, so let's le read from the letter. Blue Origin currently has more than 3,600 employees spanning six states and several countries. However, in the company Bezos has created, the workforce dedicated to establishing this future for all is mostly male and overwhelmingly white. 100% of the senior technical and program leaders are men, 
Workforce gender gaps are common in the space industry, but at Blue Origin, they also manifest in a particular brand of sexism. Numerous senior leaders have been known to be consistently inappropriate with women. One senior executive in CEO Bob Smith's loyal inner circle was reported multiple times to human resources for sexual harassment. Even so, Smith personally made him a member of the hiring committee for filling a senior HR role in 2019. It continues, another former executive frequently treated women in a condescending and demeaning manner, calling them baby girl baby doll, or sweetheart, and inquiring about their dating lives. His inappropriate behavior was so well known that some women at the company took to warning new female hires to stay away from him, all while he was in charge of recruiting employees. It appeared to many of us that he was protected by his close personal relationship with Bezos. It took him physically groping a female subordinate for him to finally be let go. Uh, Additionally, a former NASA astronaut and Blue Origin senior leader once instructed a group of women with whom he was collaborating, you should ask my opinion because I'm a man. Uh, We found many company leaders to be unapproachable and showing clear bias against women. Concerns related to flying New Shepard were consistently shut down, and women were demeaned for raising them. When one man was let go for poor performance, he was allowed to leave with dignity, even a going-away party. Yet, when a woman leader who had significantly improved her department's performance was let go, she was ordered to leave immediately, with security hovering until she exited the building five minutes later. Okay. But William Shatner's going to space, so... Sending... Yeah. if If you Google Blue Origin... It's all going to be about William Shatner. And Wally Funk is still the oldest woman in space. And then they so, had to go get an older man. Uh, but perhaps more serious than the, the sexism claims are the claims that because dissent is suppressed among employees, a lot of safety issues end up going unaddressed. In the opinion of an engineer who has signed on to this essay, Blue Origin has been lucky that nothing has happened so far. Many of this essay's authors say they would not fly on a Blue Origin vehicle. And no wonder. We have all seen how often teams are stretched beyond reasonable limits. In 2019, the team assigned to operate and maintain one of New Shepard's subsystems included only a few engineers working long hours. Their responsibilities, in some of our opinions, went far beyond what would be manageable for a team double the size, ranging from investigating the root cause of failures to conducting regular preventative maintenance on the rocket systems. Requests by managers and employees for additional engineers, staff, or spending were frequently denied, despite the fact that Blue Origin has one of the largest single sources of private funding on Earth. Employees are often told to be careful with Jeff's money, to not ask for more, and to be grateful. In weekly meetings, we have seen Bezos and CEO Smith frequently broaden the scope of existing projects, sometimes even adding more programs, but without authorizing the needed increase in budget or personnel. We have seen a pattern of decision-making that often prioritizes execution speed and cost reduction over the appropriate resourcing to ensure quality. In 2018, when one team lead took over, the team had documented more than a thousand problem reports related to the engines that power Blue Origin's rockets, which had never been addressed. Not yeah. really uh, an industry you want to be cutting corners in. Uh, Rockets. Yeah, they literally referenced the 1986 Challenger space shuttle explosion as something they worry will happen with one of their rockets. And they cite the fact that the U.S. government's investigation into the explosion found similar causes to what they're experiencing. Rushed schedules and the stifling of internal dissent. Anyway, sounds like Jeff Bezos' space rocket vanity project has a lot of problems, which uh, is an absolute shocker if you know anything about the company Jeff Bezos used to run. So who could have guessed? Yeah. I was just going to point out, like, before you, the, they mentioned the Challenger thing, it was just like, well, to be fair, uh, NASA was, like, running with people working 24 hours a day and yeah. constantly drunk. So, yeah, there's uh, the, supposedly... And we went to the goddamn moon. Yeah. And well, we smoked cigarettes on it. <laughs> Marlboro is the official cigarette of Apollo 11. You know how many cartons of cigarettes we went through in a day and how many bottles of whiskey we went through in a day at NASA? This flavor is out of this world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... 
Hey, stay to it. Why don't you go sew a patch on a spacesuit? Yeah, Challenger was a big deal. Uh, NASA learned a lot from it. There was, yeah. uh, you know, obviously a lot of... They looked into it quite a bit, and they, they found the key problems were that these people were working too hard. Well, and also quickly. they had like, they had uh, specifically with that, in 1986, that was the one with uh, the teacher. Yeah. And that was like the O-ring on the rocket. But basically they, they didn't want to scrub the launch. It was a huge media event. Yeah, they were in And a it hurry. was too cold in that, oddly in Florida, it was too cold that morning. And uh, so that's what caused the catastrophic, one of the major- and a bunch of people brought it up. They're like, this is dangerous. You shouldn't do this. I'm like, yeah. shut up. And uh, they, they yeah, say- we should, we should hold the launch. And it's like, ah, we can't. The, the news cameras are rolling. They, like similarly, they say in this letter that like at big meetings, like it seems like all anyone cares about is like beating Richard Branson and Elon Musk yeah. to like certain milestones over anything else. And this like, getting, literally mirrors getting, the space yeah. race uh, in the 1960s. Uh, yeah, all the bad parts of the space race, except this time they're not actually accomplishing anything new. Yeah. Well, they do land. <laughs> they just go they come back and they land on the things, and it's really cool looking. I mean, uh, Musk does. Bezos. And they haven't burned anyone alive in the space capsule yet, right? Like in Apollo 1? No, not yet. I guess, yeah, the Bezos rocket does come down, too. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like... Landing rockets, pretty cool. It is cool. That's great. I would still not want to be on one of these launches. Yeah, not yet. No. Maybe mm-hmm. not ever. I don't fucking care. Like, yeah, it'd be cool, I guess. But look, as, as I've pointless. said multiple times on here, I get scared on airplanes now. So I don't think I'd be very good on the on the space rocket. Yeah, they'd have to pump, pump me full of so much Xanax that I wouldn't even remember the trip. Just completely zanned out. Yeah, just above the clouds. <laughs> At Whoa. that point, I would just want to eat Skittles. Or I feel like I'm floating. <laughs> Sir, Rick, you, you are. are. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> You'd be the first person to have a drug overdose in space. There's got to be a first for everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's our episode. Uh, if you haven't watched our previous one about the whole Facebook outage and a bunch of other, bunch of other fun stuff. About, <laughs> Over at Facebook, yeah. yeah about I'm surprised Facebook. Facebook isn't building a rocket. Yeah, to, to escape the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Can't arrest Mark Zuckerberg on the moon. Well, I'm in space now. Come and get me. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, the most recent Weekly Weird News where we talked about uh, a parent Tax dodger Shakira being attacked <laughs> by uh, boars who were uh, parent probably. It journalists. was actually a miscommunication. The boars were actually the IRS. Yeah, the boars were actually a new series of NFTs. They're called <laughs> Shakira boars. They're called the the bossy boars. And yeah. each boar is the same boar, but it, you know some of them have sunglasses, a gold chain, <laughs> a little Bitcoin thing on it, uh, like a cool jacket. Uh, and there's there's only like a thousand. Uh, bossy boards, and you're you're gonna want to collect them all. But also, first, give me money to develop <laughs> the bossy boards. Yeah. Is this is a big project for me to take on? And trust me, you're gonna get it all back and then some. The videos are now up on the screen, <laughs> yeah. so check both of those out. Subscribe, hit the like button, leave a comment, and we'll see you very soon. Bye bye. <laughs>